Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello. Happy Friday. On Fridays here at CityCast Houston, we talk about the biggest stories of the week. Today, I'm joined by Dina Kesba, our senior producer, and by Gustavo Rangel, who is a reporter for LaOpinion.com, but you might know him as the Spanish play-by-play guy for the Dynamo, or for doing Spanish color commentary for the Houston Texans. It is Friday, April 15th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Gustavo, Dina, welcome. Dina, what do you think was the biggest story of the week? I want to pick one, but I couldn't. I have to say it's like a recurring theme for the week. Oh, you're was, cheating. I know. Uh-huh. Go on. It, gun violence. Honestly, gun violence has been raging this week. And last Wednesday night, I drove by that fitness connection on Highway 6. And I saw like it was completely taped off. There were so much like cops on the scene. And I was like, what the heck? And instantly I knew there was definitely a shooting there. And lo and behold, on Thursday morning, the news breaks that there was a shooting over a basketball game. And one person was shot, was life flown out to the nearest hospital. And I'm like, this is just a con- like a system that we're seeing consistently. You know, we're seeing this all the time. Almost every day, there's some story related to gun violence. But I don't feel like there's conversations about how to combat it yeah. or what to do. I mean, even like road rage. There was like three shootings. Oh, yeah. Related to road rage. I'm like, what, you can't even honk your horn at anybody? You have to be, like, quietly driving? Don't do it, Dina. <laughs> like, that's scary. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, it's unnerving. And guns are in the middle of so many of the crimes we're seeing. I don't know what I don't know what, they're, what the solution's going to be. I mean, there doesn't seem to be a lot of real strong conversations about how bad it is. Yeah, or what the trade-offs are. Yeah. Because... Here in Texas, our guns are, you know, protected. Clearly. Yeah. Sometimes, maybe more than people. Gustavo, what about you? What do you think the big story of the week was? Uh, for me, it's definitely the Lena Hidalgo uh, issue. With you know, the that, AIDS, yeah. That $11 million contract related to COVID vaccines. Uh, to me, that's a big story because it kind of touches different areas. Okay, so just to recap, a grand jury this week indicted three of Harris County Judge Lena Hidalgo's top aides. And the basic idea is that they're accused of steering a big county contract improperly to a person who had worked with Hidalgo. And that is an especially big deal since Hidalgo has made a lot of hay about cleaning up county corruption. Exactly. Someone that yeah. supposedly doesn't take any uh, donations from contractors. You know, she looked like she was doing things the right way. I'm not saying that, that she's guilty of anything, right. but it, it, it's definitely a problem. And she it, is not directly accused. It's the three aides yeah. who have been indicted. And it's just an indictment. They haven't gone to trial, but still. But that affects her too, right? right. You think that it still taints her image? But it's her administration. Yeah. Right. It's her chief of staff. Yeah. 
Amanda. Yeah, I mean, she, I mean, they're under her watch. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you think of uh, uh, athletes, right? Uh, and they get busted with steroids. Some of them say, well, I, I didn't know I was taking that. I didn't know my trainer was giving me that. I yeah. didn't know my nutrition. Well, at the end of the day, the one, the one that's going to get punished is the athlete, no matter what, no matter if he knew it or didn't know it. Because if you ask anybody on the street, right, what the names of the staffers are, they probably won't know, but they'll know the person right. that it's associated with. <laughs> it's the Lena Hidalgo yeah. scandal. Yeah. It doesn't help her. It doesn't help her going into this, uh, into these uh, elections. Right. Uh, even though it, on the other side, it doesn't seem to be a, a solid candidate against her. Uh, and I guess that's that's probably going to be like her uh, wall to crumble, right? Yeah, that's going to be an interesting yeah. one. So the story that I was watching this week Actually, there are two that are linked. HISD was audited by outside auditors who say that it had $300 million piled up over five years that it did not spend on kids. And the auditors, the outside auditors say they should have been spending the money, that they had this weird scarcity mindset and were holding back. That came out at the same time as another study that shows that Texas teachers overall corrected for inflation are making less money now than they did 10 years ago. And it's especially significant in HISD. In 2009, adjusted for inflation, the average teacher made 65000 These days, that is $57,000. You know, and at the same time, HISD was piling up money in its accounts. That's a huge issue. You hear uh, Greg Abbott talking about the issue of immigrants and, and, and doing all these things, busing immigrants to Washington. I mean, this issue with teachers is so is so important right right now. It's real. Because there, <laughs> I mean, because there's teachers that are getting into it and one, two, three years into it, they quit. Yes. It, you know, they find out that it's not worth it. Uh-huh. This past 10 years with COVID has been so hard. Employment market is so hot. Yeah, that, the idea that you wouldn't pay people. <laughs> There's a huge, huge need for teachers, enormous. I mean, you see all SciFair, Spring, HISD, uh, Tomball, you, every district is in need. Katie, especially, for example, bilingual teachers. I mean, right now, there's there, there's such a huge need for, for those type of teachers. And, and I think, like you mentioned, I mean, the motivation is not there yeah. for, for someone to, right. you know, do, do what they love because, because I think uh, it's a calling. To be a teacher, I think if you're a teacher, you, you want to do it because you want to help and you want to teach kids. But at the same time... But at the same time, you need to make a living. Yeah. yeah. Can't be working like for peanuts. <laughs> that doesn't help well, your life. you know, God bless the ones who are, yeah. like my husband. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have like three personal friends just this year alone quit teaching. And they were just like, oh. they started out loving it. They were really excited. But they're like, you know what? It's not... It's not the payoff is not there. You know, you just can't keep keep doing it the way that it is, unfortunately. Yeah, it's hard. Gustavo, you mentioned Greg Abbott, who earlier this year was talking about the teacher shortage in Texas. And now that the campaign season is heating up, I don't hear him talking about that. I don't hear him talking about like the hard problems that the state faces. Yeah, he's uh, more busy on the border, uh, <laughs> hurting the economy with these uh, revisions of uh, 18-wheelers, uh, busing immigrants uh, from the border to Washington, D.C. Uh, I mean, he's playing this political game that uh, it, it, it doesn't benefit us. And there are issues. I mean, there. Are, I get so upset, you know, for example, the issue that you touch on the teachers. But I mean, this bail reform, there's got to be a bail reform. There's, there. I mean, there's so many other issues that are in need of attention, and it's not the time right now coming out of COVID. 
it's not the time right now to be playing political games, trying to uh, cater to your base. That is not the time right now. You know, we need yeah. a governor that's really looking at the issues, the the economy, uh, teacher pay. Uh, there, there's so many issues that 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 require way more attention than busing immigrants to to Washington D.C. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the most overlooked story. Dina, what is your most overlooked story? I have to say, it was the announcement from the zoo that they're moving some of their birds inside after the avian flu was detected in North Texas. That, I mean, we haven't really been hearing a lot about it. Like, how bad is it? You know, have any birds already been infected? Like, what's going on? Like, what is, like, I usually think of avian flu as something that's, like, going to infect humans that yeah. jumped from birds to humans. And this one is what? It's, is it? it? It's rare that it actually affects humans, based on what I read. But it happens. It's a flu that, that birds, birds get. Yeah, and it can actually kill off species of birds, which is wild. Whole species. Yeah, which is wow. it's because it's so contagious uh-huh. from bird to bird. And I was just like, okay, so we don't know much about it, but you guys are taking in the birds. So have any been infected? You know, like there's not much details about it either. Like the zoo just, you know, put out a statement just saying, you know, we're going to monitor how much this spreads. We're going to look at, you know, any severe cases or deaths in many of the bird species. They said that the virus is most common in the waterfowl and poultry, but can spread to other species through their mucus, saliva and feces. So I'm like, what are... I don't want to know how they're swapping whatever <laughs> with birds, but I think it's still yeah. really interesting. And I, I would yeah. want to learn way more about it yeah. than just like this little blurb. And if they're worried about their birds outdoors, I mean, what are all the birds in my backyard Yeah, up to? Yeah. Are they sick? Are they spreading things? Right? It's like, how do we know that, you know, that they're taking in to protect the ones that are in the zoo, but what about the ones that are just like out there in the wild? So many questions, and there's not much information. <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah, that is over. That is yeah. overlooked because I, I have not heard about that. <laughs> that was yeah. a quiet one. Yeah, Gustavo, what about you? What do you think should have gotten more attention? Um, there was uh, uh, a very important vote that happened yesterday. The Harris County Bail Bond uh, Board boarded on Wednesday, uh, requiring bail bondsmen to take in ten uh, percent from defendants uh, charged with violent crimes to ensure their release. So, if I get arrested for whatever violent crime, and the judge sets my bail at like $100,000, then in order to get out of jail, I would have to go to a bail bondsman and put up 10% of that? That's what that would mean? Exactly. Uh, I always thought that was the case. I always yeah. thought that, t- yeah, 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 right? That. Well, it turns right. out that it, it, yesterday, it turns out that it isn't the case. Oh. That, that, uh, that bail bondsmen uh, sometimes charge them 3%, uh, 4%, 5%. And and they they're able to get out of jail. Huh. Yesterday they, they had to vote on this to make sure that they require them to get ten percent from them uh, before releasing them. So obviously we have seen in in these past well in this especially in these past two years the amount of repeat offenders that get released back out into the street uh, after they pay their bond just to commit another crime to murder someone to murder someone else. For example, this kid that. Uh, allegedly shot his uh, ex-girlfriend 22 oh. times in their yeah. neighborhood. That's I mean, so the kid didn't even spend 24 hours in jail. Uh, I believe his bond was, if I'm not wrong, like 200000 something like that. He was out, He was back home not even 24 hours uh, after he got arrested. And, and you think something is wrong. <laughs> this, this, is not, this is not right. Yeah. 
that people yeah. like that, you know, are immediately back on the street in a matter of hours or days. And, well, and, and I mean, if the judge is setting bail, then the judge must have thought this person will show up for trial, right? Because the judges have the option not to set bail. Yeah, no, no, I, I, understand, I understand. But I did think it was more money. I thought there was more money on the table, more skin yeah, in the game. same. So that you don't just, you know, run off to Mexico or wherever and not show up for your trial. Or commit another crime, no? I mean, I mean that, that's... But, but you know what was positive about that? Uh, the Bell Bond board meeting? Families, the families that showed up, uh, uh, the faces of the people that were hit by tragedy because of this issue. Uh, you know, mothers, daughters, fathers, uh, uh, sons that, you know, have lost somebody to someone that got out on, on bail easy and, you know, uh, they ended up paying the price for it. That was good to see those people there at, at, at that meeting. Yeah. Uh, standing up for something that I think we all should be standing up for because th this could impact anybody on any day. Yeah. My sort of overlooked story kind of relates back to yours in a way, Dina, because it's an outbreak and I don't understand what's going on, but I think we need to pay attention. So at Rice University um, this week, they started requiring students to wear masks when they're in class again. Uh. They are like stopping parties, they're shutting down the student pub, because they had an outbreak of 145 cases, and um, possibly related to like this weird rice tradition called beer bike, but that's a separate issue. Um, the reason I'm so struck by it is just because rice tests a lot. Rice notices when COVID is happening, and it's been kind of out ahead on the rest of Houston. So I'm wondering if the signals that the rest of us need to be thinking about our COVID protocols again. Yeah. And this is a, like a COVID outbreak, right? Yeah. COVID-19. Oh, wow. They don't, I guess they don't have the numbers of like vaccinated versus unvaccinated, right? Uh, the students at Rice are required to oh, be vaccinated wow. unless they show, I think there are a couple of ways you could possibly get out, like if there's a medical or yeah. some sort of very religious reason, but... Rice has had very strict protocols. Wow. I really wonder how this will affect like the rest of the city with everyone kind of just going about their day as if, you know, there's no possible chance of getting COVID again. But with an outbreak at Rice, I feel like this raises a bit of a flag. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I'm not sure people are getting very sick and maybe that's a good sign. But, you know, this is just something I want to watch. Do we know like how, how they're level of infection with COVID is like this time around? Do we have any of that kind of information or is that? Uh, how do you mean? Like, are they really sick or are they, is it just like very light flu? I don't have that information for rice. Um, there's some thinking that some of the newer variants often don't make people as sick. But hmm. on the other hand, students are this really young, super healthy population. True, yeah. I was in Mexico City uh, a couple of weeks ago and uh, and down there, uh, it, it, the the protocols are still very much in place. Uh, obviously, they're a little bit behind as far as you know vaccination and all of that uh, from the United States. Uh, but it, it it put it back to it put it back for me in perspective that hey, we're still in a pandemic. You know, we're still in a in, in a pandemic. Uh, we may be moving forward. We may be doing well. But uh, I, I think we all should also have the mindset, uh, uh, Lisa Dina, that we should uh, understand that if we need to take a step back, we 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 have we we've yeah. got to be prepared right. to do that. Right. right. We have to assume another wave will come. Yeah. So no, that's true. I think my my concern is like there's just so not enough information about what this all means like long term. 
Like if you get COVID, even if you're not that sick, like how does it affect you long term? Is there any sort of damage that happens to your lungs long term? Like that, that's what I'm yeah. so curious about. And I think that information is still coming out because yeah, it's only, COVID's only existed since 2019. Yeah. I got it last February during the winter storm. Oh. Uh, it was a very bad farewell for me. <laughs> uh, and and, oh, and no. it, it hit me really bad. It hit me really bad. Yeah. It, it affected my lungs. Oh, man. Uh, it made me real weak. It, uh, I mean, my regular weight is about 168. Uh, after three weeks of COVID, uh, I, I went down to um, 132. Oh, my. Wow. Yeah, it left me really weak. Uh, emotionally very bad. I mean, because I work for the Houston Texans. I, my voice is my is, 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 is what I use to make a living. Yeah. I remember crying one night thinking, I'm not going to be able to do what I, what I do. I, I'm, I, it's over. You if, didn't have the breath to talk? Yeah, I couldn't talk. I couldn't, oh, I couldn't put a sentence together. Uh, and, you know, I, I came out of it. Fortunately, you know, uh, you know I, uh, I, I've recovered. Uh, I got it again. Uh, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't as bad at all. I mean, it was like a, like a normal flu. Right. But I do have I do have this lingering thing in my nose where where I'm constantly like feeling congested, and it you know it, and, and it hasn't gone away it, you know since COVID. It's about a year now, and it's still there. So it's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I covered COVID for the Houston Chronicle for a while, and what I was hearing from doctors and researchers was that there's this constellation of symptoms, these different things that linger afterward that may or may not all have the same causes, but they just don't know enough yet. All right, enough of that. Let's have some joy. <laughs> Dina, what is making you happy no, in Houston? What, what a downer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. News is a downer it often. Is. This is why we have to have joy at the end. I have to say the piece of news that did bring me some joy was how the Houston City Council uh, unanimously approved paid prenatal, paternal, and infant wellness leave Whoa. for their city employees. Yeah. So that's exciting. I mean, this is something that's a long time coming. This is another one. Like, I thought that was already the case. Right? You know, until I heard <laughs> yeah. that they were considering <laughs> right? it. Isn't that the standard of employment in the United States? You would think. <laughs> <laughs> so, yay, we're finally up to yeah. par. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean... I guess. I mean, the U.S. is like one of the only like, quote unquote, developed nations that doesn't even provide like paid paternal maternal leave at the government level, like excluding right. employers and the state level. So, I mean, it's kind of sad because it's like when you set that precedent high up, there's people that are just going to in places that are just going to think, well, we don't necessarily need it. If the government doesn't even provide it, why would we? So I feel like this is a pretty solid win for stepping yeah. in the right direction. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Gustavo, what about you? What's making you happy? Uh, you know what's making me happy, and I think it's uh, a story that's kind of been uh, overlooked, it's how live music is coming back to, to venues oh. around the city. Uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, I love music. I, I'm, an, I'm an 80s baby. I, I, I love rock. <laughs> I love all kinds of music. Uh -huh. And I love yeah. live music. And it, it, it's, it's so cool to see you know, bands getting back out there. And one of the, one of the the genres that kind of gets overlooked is Spanish rock oh. uh, here in Houston, and uh, it's becoming a thing for uh, for people that love Spanish rock. You know, like uh, groups like uh, Maná, Sol Estéreo, uh, Caifanes. Yeah. I mean, these have been big for a long time, right? Yeah, and the thing is, uh, I found out, Lisa Dina, uh, yes. that we have so many talented musicians here in Houston uh, that are that are keeping this music alive from from Maná, from Caifanes. Uh, mm -hmm. Eros del Silencio, 
And uh, it's so cool. It's so cool to, to, to see these bands doing these tributes to these, uh, to these great artists. But definitely the Spanish rock scene. I invite y'all guys to, uh, to, to go mm-hmm. out and, and look out for these rock bands. They do great shows. That's what's given me joy, just to see the, the live music scene coming back to life. That's a solid. I love yeah. that. <laughs> There's all kinds of life we have missed. Yeah. My moment of joy in the past week was I went to the Art Car Parade, speaking of things that like have been gone for oh. a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Even though it's outdoors, it had been sort of on hiatus during COVID. And it was great to see all of the cars. You know, there was one that sort of captured the spirit of the moment. It was this an- animated mechanical phoenix that rose out of a car, right. looking as though it was rising out of a flames, which felt like, you know, a metaphor for the city coming back. So that just made me happy. Yeah, it, it, I was there too, uh, Lisa. Yeah. And yeah, it felt... It felt liberating, right? I mean, it felt oh, liberating yeah. just to see the people out, the kids out, the uh, people on their bikes uh, all along Allen Parkway. Driving in Tomball a couple of months ago, uh-huh. uh, when the rodeo was about to start, one of the trail groups was coming by uh, on 249. The trail riders on their horses. The trail riders, yeah. right. Uh-huh. And I saw them, and I swear to you, I cried. Aww. I cried Aww. I cried because at <laughs> uh, one moment, when I saw it, I started taking it in. <laughs> I, you know, like the trail riders, you would see them all the time, and you're like, "Oh, well, right. there they go," or you, or you would say, "Oh, there's traffic. <laughs> They're causing traffic, or whatever." Four years ago, you think, "Oh, I'm gonna be sitting here. I'm, I'm gonna be late for work." <laughs> yeah, and all these emotions just started coming to me, uh, right? Because right. I was like, "We're gonna have a rodeo. You know, yeah. there's gonna be a rodeo again." And here are the trail riders again. It was just something that yeah. that you take for granted, right? And mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. after two years, you know, to see them. I, I cried. I, I, oh. I cried because it was just uh, it was just yeah. another taste of normality. Yeah. Right. <laughs> God, I hope it lasts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both. This was really fun. This was awesome. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you, guys. Thank you. That was Gustavo Rangel and Dina Kespa. That is it for our show this week. Dina is our lead producer. Farrell Gibbs is our other producer, and he played our theme music with his band, All the Kimonos. Talk with you Monday. It's Friday. Friday is a beautiful word to say a lot.